Hi everybody. So I thought I'd make a recording of um, my uh, world political views. Like you guys know about uh, my views on free speech. I mean, free speech all the time. Hate speech laws don't work. End of story. Don't bring up the Nazi argument. That's not how they gain power. That's free speech was the only thing that was keeping them down. It was when people start passing laws, banning them, that they started getting power. And then, uh, you know, with Hitler being shot down in the street, that allowed him to gain sympathy. And she just continued to roll downhill from there. Right? Economic patterns gave them uh, a platform to scream about, right? And so free speech is the only weapon that you can use against hate speech because it means that you can use that hate speech against itself and so you also know that my favorite heroes are Steve Rogers you know Captain America Sam Wilson movie version right the new Captain America Bucky um, you know Zorro uh, Superman Clark Kent you know I, I love these characters and, and also T'Challa, you know, the, the movie version. I, 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 love, I love all of his versions. I, I've got whole complete runs of the Black Panther. People think that I'm fronting. No, I've been collecting Black Panther since the 90s. And, uh, you know, the moment they relaunched the book, I was down. Anyway. You know, uh, as much as I am for the open... Uh, you know, concept of justice and righteousness and all that stuff. I'm not an idiot when it comes to um, things like world politics. It's like uh, Tommy Lee Jones said in Men in Black, a person is reasonable. People are idiots. Get enough people together, they're going to do something stupid, right? Doesn't mean that everybody in that group is going to do something stupid, but... You know, people act in mob-like fashion. You know, as much as I detested how the war was handled in Iraq, I do believe that the only way to get people into Iraq was to lie about Saddam making, uh, you know, weapons or trying to go after us. Saddam needed to be taken out because he was abusing the Kurds. But when we went to Iraq, Bush fucked that up and went for the oil only. Uh, I still don't, uh, you know, I, there are conflicting stories about the Kurds and their current situation. But uh, an entire generation of hopelessness. When we could have done something incredibly important and powerful and good for those people. Right? So, if you want to talk about complex, how complex my views are, uh, lying to get people into Iraq was the only way to get people into Iraq. Saddam needed to be killed. Bush did it in the wrong way. Every step of the fucking way. Because he only did it for money and oil. Only for money and oil. And then he fucked everything up when he left. Mission accomplished. Right? So do I believe that we can 
do the right thing for the wrong reason and wind up leaving it into a total mess? Uh, yeah. Do I believe that we could do the right thing for the wrong reason and leave it actually in a good situation? Yeah, we could. Uh, kind of like uh, Korea. You know, what a lot of people don't realize, we were in Korea since before World War II, since the... Uh, we were in a co-defense pact with the uh, French. Thanks to the French's, uh, the, the invasion of, or the Indochina Wars, the French's attempt, attempted invasion. Uh, there was a treaty with France and Korea that dated back to the 1800s. And our own co-defense treaty with France meant that we were obliged to help Korea w when the French military was incapable of helping them. Uh, did we owe something to the people in Vietnam, China, and Korea to try and stop bad things from happening? Absolutely. This is one of the times where I believe that the people should have been told the truth about Vietnam, Korea, and China. But they weren't. They were told lies. Or they were told half-truths. The domino effect of communism. One country falls, so will another. That was actually propaganda that the Russians were using. And then we tried to use that own prop, their own propaganda to scare our own people into going to war and stopping these things. But then Nixon got involved in 68 and fucked everything up. Then we had to pull out. And millions of people dead. The moment we did. So we were right about something. We did tell the public correctly about something, or, you know, the, the world. You know, the, the government told people that something true, communism will see you dead before see you successful. That's true. That's what Pol Pot did. That's what Mao did. You know, that's what Stalin did. There are no, Caesar doesn't share power, Right. If you're too successful or too smart, you're going to be after his power. And there's no knowledge that is not power. Caesar doesn't share power, so you're dead. But did we fuck everything up when we were in there? Yeah. Uh, you know, as much as people were protesting against, North, uh, against the Korean War, uh, the Korean War was handled moderately competently. It was short reached a truce that's been in effect since then, right? Um, you know, did, killing Osama bin Laden. A lot of people were pissed off that there was no trial. What trial should there have been? You know, there are certain times where people reach a, a, pa a point of no return, where you don't get a trial. Someone shooting at the cops. You're not going to get a trial. You're going to get shot. Osama bin Laden blowing up trade towers, cl cl claiming responsibility, and bragging about how he'll bring America down. You don't get a trial. You declared war, you entered war, you confessed to the war, you die. Hitler 
he offed himself. Some might say he bravely uh, embarked on a mission to murder one of the worst dictators that Germany has ever seen by stealthily entering the bunker unnoticed and putting a bullet in his own head. Right? Did Hitler deserve a trial? Uh, quite frankly, at that point, you know, I, no, he didn't. The other Nazi generals. Yes, they actually did. Because they didn't outright confess to doing things, right? Horrible things. Hitler confessed to it all. Saying it came from his own mind, right? So those Nazis got a trial. You know? And then the French acquitted them when they had no authority to do it. They acquitted, how many? Was it 200? <laughs> Is that 200? Is that correct, my sweet little kitty? I think she meowed and said, yes, that was correct. And so then you have the Mossad coming in, the Nazi hunters, killing all of those Nazis that got away after the French pardoned them. They had, no pur they had no purpose and no cause to pardon them. The French did it anyway. Then the French tried to insert themselves into Japan. And we told the French to go fuck off. That was when our relations with French and, Fran and France became strained. Well, they really became strained when France brutally raped and murdered uh, the German people that they were occupying. And Eisenhower kicked the French army out of Germany. But... Uh, uh, that's what led to the pardonings, and then that's what led to us telling the French to get the fuck out of Japan. We had the authority, however, to pardon the Japanese, right? In order to try and make amends as quickly as we could, to establish a new democratic government, remove the war-mongering assholes. We only executed a few people in Japan. Uh, the rest were pardoned if they basically promised not to do horrible things. Somehow that moved us forward with a good relationship with Japan, and Japan became a positive influence in the Pacific. Uh, should more people have been prosecuted in Japan? I, I don't know. We killed a lot of people. J the Japanese paid for not surrendering. You know, as you know from my previous podcast where I talk about the stupid fucking professors that were acting like we use, racism was the only reason we went after Japan. Germany surrendered in May. Most of our fire bombings in Japan took place after that. No, we, we didn't. It wasn't racism that, that prompted our fire bombings. It was the fact that Germany was no longer our enemy. Right? Japan still was our enemy. And we made Japan pay. We attacked primary military targets that were surrounded by civilians in a tinderbox of a city. It's like the London Fire, the Chicago Fire, or, or the San Francisco Fire at the end of, uh, during the earthquake. You got kindling. And you don't have any means to stop the kindling from igniting. That's exactly what you're going to wind up getting, right? 
you're going to wind up getting a lot of people dying when they otherwise wouldn't. The firebombing of Dresden was the only time we attacked a purely civilian target with firebombs. And the mere... By the mere grace of God and the fact that they didn't build their buildings right next to each other meant that fewer people died. Still had over 25,000 deaths. And it was horrible. It was, it was horrible and brutal. More would have died if Dresden was built like Tokyo was. So the buildings saved people's lives in, in Dresden. The buildings ended people's lives in Tokyo. Now, when you're fighting a military target, here's another view I have that seems uh, lacking without taste with some progressives. If a military target is surrounded by civilians, do you attack the military target? If absolutely fucking yes, if your goal is to end the fucking war. Here's another thing that a lot of uh, people that uh, some of my progressive friends have gotten upset with me are civilians military targets. In general, they should not be military targets. But if you have a civilian population devoted to building instruments of war, they are working for the military. If you have, like, the Rocky Mountain uh, Arsenal produced thousands and thousands of tons of ammunition, you know? Women, mostly women, because a lot of the men were gone, and men who worked at the Rocky Mountain Arsenal, they were essentially soldiers. They were civilian soldiers. They were soldiers in all but name and rank. They were building weapons of war for us to conduct war. And that makes them and the facility prime targets. Now, if you're civilians who are not working Directly, let's say all you're doing is collecting metal and sending it into your uh, into your local collection agency. Eh, no, no. But if you're actually fashioning, you know, metalworking and sculpting bombs and bullets, yes, absolutely, you are. And yes, that means that anybody who lives near a military base they know that there are risks in case a really bad war breaks out. That's why I, while I feel sorry for the people who had nothing to do with warfare, who died in the firebombings in Tokyo, Tokyo was a major wartime manufacturing city. It was a target, a legitimate target. And uh, there's something else. Um, I actually got into an argument with mom about. It had to do with uh, a movie we were watching. And I can't even remember which movie it was. But I remember it was a discussion where mom got really upset that they killed 
this one guy. And I said, Mom, he had to die because he identified himself and acted in a way that directly endangered this mission, a sensitive mission for uh, what was going on. I, the only way to handle it was to kill him. And I, oh, actually, I think he died afterwards. And I was saying he needed to have been sh he needed to have been shot and killed the moment that the main character saw that and heard this guy object to the mission saying, I'm going to stop it, you know, whatever it costs. It's like, no, that's a threat. They in that threat now. And, uh, see that, that's, that's also part of the problem. You know, when you have, when you have something like that, you have to bring it to a close. Like, God, I wish I could remember what movie it was. It's something we recently watched, but it was like, the entire show, though, left a uh, bad taste in the mouth anyway, because it was a really stupid situation. <laughs> like, people should not have been getting involved in that situation to begin with. I can't even remember if I finished watching that show. I don't think I did. I can't even remember the name of that show now. You know, and... So those are basically my most controversial views about stuff like that. You know, sometimes people actually have to be lied to. Like, uh, you know, uh, if you're testing something new, obviously a military should not be fully opened and fully public. It's like playing poker with all of your cards face up. I mean, I do that sometimes just for fun, but... Uh, I lose almost every fucking time, right? But, uh, you know, sometimes, though, it's, it's a fun game. Sometimes it's a fun game where, where, the, where the person's trying to bet to see if they're going to beat you, right? And maybe I have the cards, maybe I don't, you know? I guess you could say they're like dealer rules, dealer playing face-up. But... Um, I don't know. So, I just wanted to let people know more about how I think and what I think. Um, does that mean that I think that the government should be lying to the people all the time? Absolutely fucking not. You know, certain things should be kept secret. Like, I think that Snowden's... See, a lot of people go off, you know, about Snowden and Manning. Uh, Bradley or whatever the hell his new name is her new name is, put it that way, um, they say that, oh, they shouldn't be prosecuted at all, except there were documents that were released, in addition to the things that they were whistleblowing, that directly harmed people, like Man Man Manning directly harmed individuals who were in sensitive areas in Iraq, and a lot of people got killed. There's no proof that you could directly tie their deaths to those WikiLeaks releases. But, you know, that, that's, there's enough that you could draw a conclusion saying those papers probably helped uh, people get killed. People who needed protection. So Manning got off light, I believe. Because Manning didn't look for things that were war crimes. Manning just took all these documents and released it all. 
And then, uh, same thing with Snowden. He just released all that crap. You know, that's not even remotely cool, you know? You can't endanger people's lives over one uh, transgression. You get that transgression weeded out. Now, you might say, but you just said bomb Tokyo. You're a hypocrite. I don't know, because when you bomb Tokyo to get rid of a military installation, you can't control where the fire goes or what happens. When you have documents that can incarcerate someone, you can control how that information gets out. And neither Snowden nor Manning behaved in a way that thought about people other than themselves. You know, and I've said it before, PRISM was a fucking waste of money. It had no successful returns. It was a loser uh, production, right? If you are inundated with too much knowledge, you can't function. Or too much information, you can't function. You know, it, 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 PRISM was a joke. Uh, whoever, whoever created PRISM for the NSA should be fired. Let me put it this way. Not because they violated people's rights. Well, obviously that's a big concern because it's a Fourth Amendment issue, right? But not just because they violated people's rights. One of the primary reasons they should be fired is that they ignored the primary premise of information and intelligence gathering. Or just what you do at school. When you study for a test, what do you do? Memorize the entire textbook? Fuck no. You say to your teacher, is this going to be on the test? That's your first step. Teacher's going to say, everything's going to be on the test. That's when you say, oh, you're lying to me. And the teacher's saying, yeah, because I want to make sure you read the stuff and understand it. Only a few things are going to be on the test. And that's when you say, okay, I'm going to focus on exactly what the teacher is focusing on. Right? Turns out he's only focusing on one-tenth of the fucking history book. Right? One-tenth of the textbook. Or you just need to read it through once and understand the, the context. Same thing works in life in every single fashion. Computer programming. Do you memorize all of the computer coding? No. Do you memorize how to look things up in the index? Absolutely yes. Why? Because you can't memorize all of the coding in existence. You create a programming Bible that's about six inches thick. You can flip through the right things or you have it on your phone and you just say, okay, I know I need to use this code. What's that code look like again? Okay, that's what it looks like. Code you're always typing in, it's like, oh, I can do this in my sleep. You have templates you bring up, you insert it, you copy and paste. That's what you do. That's what you do in life. What did the NSA do with PRISM? I'll tell you what the NSA did with PRISM. They broke that rule. They broke that rule by 
getting every single piece of fucking information they could to evaluate it all, which gave them hundreds of false positives. You know why? Because you can't function like that. In real life or in fiction, you cannot function like that. And that's literally it. That's the, you know, why can't you not function in that? Because a big database just means you have a bunch of fucking crap that you have to sift through. You have just increased the difficulty of what you're trying to do by a thousandfold. And when the NSA increased the difficulty of what they were trying to do by a thousand or more accurately, 300 million cubed, right? Because we've got 300 million people here. You cube that. And maybe cube it again, and that's the amount of information the NSA was trying to collect. How the fuck do you expect to actually track anything? Especially when you have people saying, oh, that's the bomb. Boom! You're on the NSA watch list. He said bomb! How many fucking people, when they're talking on the phone, are going to say bomb, right? Or a word that sounds like bomb, like balm, tiger bomb, something you put on your body. The NSA created a monster of unwieldy information to try and track terrorist cells who probably numbered fewer than two dozen in this entire fucking country. And 90% of what those terrorists were probably talking about is, hey man, you want to go get a falafel? So what, are you going to do a keyword search for fucking falafel now, NSA? No, because then you'll be tagging 50 million cubed and cubed and cubed on that. Right? <laughs> it was a failure of a project. The NSA wasted money and it wasted time, which endangered this country. And the individual who implemented PRISM, the person who signed the order, the person who, promote, who got promoted for it, the per person who um, presented it to uh, those in charge, that person should be banned from, from intelligence circles. Because, not just because they lied to the populace, but because they lied to their superiors and they lied to Congress and they lied to themselves. So anyone with half a fucking brain cell would know that shit doesn't work. If you've ever studied for a test, you know you don't do that. If you ever studied for the ACTs, you know you don't do that. If you ever studied for the SATs, you know you don't do that. That's because you can't do that. And unless you got a real hardcore photo memory even then I've seen people who memorize entire textbooks I've seen them crash and burn on uh, standardized tests because their brain does not function that way that's not to say that there aren't people who ace them yeah, there certainly are but there's a limit to how you can function uh, the, the gal in my class, Audrey, straight-A student for everything. She is still probably a certifiable genius. I hope that she has a successful career doing something. But she knew, she got her A's not because she memorized everything, but because she understood what to single out. 
And she singled out stuff in the textbook and just ignored and forgot the rest of it. Right? She knew which notes to take. Prism was the exact opposite. It's the exact opposite of cliff, in cliff notes. So, now, do I think that whistleblowers should exist in government? Absolutely. Whistleblowers keep people honest. Whistleblowers actually have to be real whistleblowers, though. Serpico was a goddamn American hero, right? Still alive, I think. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he just passed. I can't remember. You know? Um, that's my, those are my views. <laughs> they seem a little bit too complex for people. I should, you should be cheering Snowden. Not why? He released way more information than he should have. He was not playing, he was not doing it correctly, right? Manning, Manning got off easy. Now, should those things have been reported on? Absolutely. Prism definitely should have been exposed. Uh, those torture things in Abu Ghraib definitely should be exposed. The murder of the unarmed civilians from that asshole in the chopper definitely should be exposed. Highly classified diplomatic meetings between two diplomats talking about things that have nothing to do with any sort of war crime or criminal activity, that shit should not be exposed. If they're talking about like a prisoner transfer or something to release people, those diplomatic meetings should remain confidential. That's the whole concept of diplomacy. That's why we have ambassadors and high levels of, of clearance. That should not be exposed. What happens after should be, but it fucks with, it fucks with everything in terms of peaceful relations and a productive uh, country versus country relations, right? So, uh, do I think America's number one? Well, even when America isn't number one, we are number one at not being number one. <laughs> uh, if I were a British citizen and I would be asked, do you think Britain's number one? I'd say, well, even with Britain's not number one, we're at least number one at not being number one. You know, it's just fun right uh, human life in general uh, is number one where it where it can be you know pursuit of happiness yeah uh, top one percent there should not be a top one percent ruling the world sorry do I think that people should take responsibility for killing civilians or civilian casualties, even when they know that civilian casualties are going to happen. Yeah, people, sh you know, in powers, they should be up front. If you order a drone strike and you know it's going to hit, kill civilians, you should be up front. You shouldn't fucking lie. Margaret Thatcher and the whole issue with, uh, uh, with a little war that uh, was being conducted. I just watched it. And, uh, you know, uh, they knew that this special operations these four guys got on this plane the plane landed four guys got out and uh you know the 
the uh, in, in Iraq. She should. She had the ability to prevent that plane from landing. They had the ability to drop those special ops people elsewhere. Um, they should have allowed the plane enough time for the people, passengers on that plane to get out of there. Period. And he, let's say there wasn't an ability to save those passengers, right? Margaret Thatcher should not have lied to the public claiming, oh, well, we didn't know. We didn't figure this out until later. No, you knew what was going on, you stupid bitch. Take responsibility. Right? Or say, we're not discussing that issue at the time. We're doing our best to get those people out. That shuts down that conversation immediately. Then when you get the people out, compensate the fucking hell out of them. Let's say you know there are going to be those civilian casualties. We have to get four men into Iraq. Those people on the plane, they are not going to be escaping. We are sacrificing our own men and women, civilians. If you're the prime minister, you say, okay, we're doing this, but uh, we're not lying. We're just not giving out information. One, that's the first rule. The second rule is... We do everything we can to get those people out. The third rule is once they're out, we're paying them a shit ton of money. They just won the lottery. They just won the fucking lottery. That's my view of the situation. Just because you play dirty or you have to play dirty to get something done doesn't mean that you shouldn't try to make amends after you get that thing done. Because there are bad people in this world. You don't play fair. And you can't play fair with all those bad people. I say that right now, I'm doing my best to playing fair. To try and fix something that's absolutely horrible here in my state. And I'm trying to play fair because I know that if I play fair, it'll help hundreds of thousands of people. Right? May sound ridiculous, but it's actually that high of a fucking number. Because of a fucked up law in where I live in this state that has a giant fucking loophole because of some stupid pissant lawyer who gave bad advice to the legislature bad fucking advice that lawyer should be disbarred for malpractice and the lawyers who repeat that bad information should also be disbarred but what do I want to do do I want to end somebody's career fix people's lives want to fix people's lives sometimes a slow path is the only path to victory Wyatt Earp said Fast is fine, but accuracy is final. You also can't take too slow of a path. You know, you gotta keep moving. So, um, maybe I have views that some people call pragmatic. Maybe I have views some people call conservative. I like to think I have views that are, are realistic uh, while always trying to push for a life that's ideal. 
or idealistic. And I hope that an idealistic life and future is what all of us have. You know, um, save heaven for heaven, but we can do better than where we are right now. You know? We don't have to make heaven on earth. There are plenty of places that are already heaven on earth, you know, if you want to appreciate them and preserve them. You know? Uh, there are places that are heaven on earth, but not for us. Uh, and we shouldn't try to take those places over. We should leave them the way they are. You know, uh, a, a jungle cat, giant jungle tiger, Bengal tiger, Bengalese, moving through the jungle, enjoying a nice hot lay in the sun on a nice rock through the jungle canopy. That's not for people. That's for the tiger. Leave it alone. I've often found in life that ruining somebody else's heaven, if they obtained it legitimately, or if it's for them, trying to take it away from them or ruining it for them, is a terrible thing. You know? And uh, we can do better than that. You know, and uh, I don't know. It's just, uh, I think that we can do better for a lot of things. I think that people need to be held accountable for horrible things that they do. But I also believe that uh, there's sometimes where you have to do something that's not good in order to get something done. And, uh, but if you do that, you have to go back and you have to try and fix it. You just have to try and fix it. You know, I mean, even Captain America, he knew he had to kill Nazis, even though he said to the doctor, he said, no, I don't want to kill Nazis. I just, we have to stop the bullies, you know, and, uh, Superman in general, Superman is no kill, right? Batman, the new Batman, Robert Patterson. I'm actually really excited for that. He is definitely no kill. You know? But he still brutally beats the fucking crap out of him. People that get in fight with Batman are not going to be walking correctly for the rest of their life. Right? That's their collateral damage. You know? That's their collateral damage. And... The world needs a Batman, DC world needs a Batman, and DC world also needs a Superman. And they also need something in between, that's Nightwing. Anyway, I love you guys, hope you take care, hope you understand what I think, hope you understand that, um, you know, as Batman would say, I'm working for a world that doesn't need me. <laughs> right. I'm working for a world that doesn't need shady politics you know but as long as that world exists as long as there are people who are horrible monsters there are going to be shady things that happen you know but if you try and take the upper path you'll get the best result if it's successful if it's successful and the ability to take the upper path is successful yeah 
Just remember, people who always take the lower path and justify the lower path all the time, they're found out. You have to have a type of terrible behavior that people know exists and people don't like to be around you. Them. I don't say you, but I mean them. You know? 40 minutes, I better stop rambling. <sighs> I wish we lived in a world like Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. But you know, even Fred Rogers said, this is all fake. It's a TV show. So, no such world. You know, the funny thing is, before I go, I just have to say, a lot of people dream about living in certain utopias or certain science fiction films or fictional eras, right? And they never think about the horrible things that went on during that period. Like, I, I see a lot of women dream about living in the, in the world of of uh, Jane Austen. Your world of Jane Austen, really? Where do you think they got their matches? Or matchstick girls in London where their phosphorus ate away at their bones so they couldn't properly eat. Or, I want to live in the Star Trek world. Fuck, man, I don't. They had to go through something called the Atomic Horrors. And then they had to fight the Borg. Then they had to fight the Dominion. They had to live under a, a cosmic cold war. Not just with the fucking Klingons, but also with the Romulans. Right? That's not a... That's a frightening... Think about how frightening it was to have a cold war with just the Russians in the 60s. Multiply that by 50 billion and you've got Star Trek. Right? And, and then you got space zombies. Fuck, I don't want to live in Star Trek. I mean, if I had to live in a science fiction universe and Star Trek was is different, you had a choice between Star Trek or Doctor Who, uh, yeah, I'll go Star Trek. Star Trek and Star Wars, I'd go Star Trek. Why? Star Wars? Jesus fucking Christ, you had space wizards that could snap your fucking neck halfway across the galaxy. Shit, I'm not fucking around with that. What if you had a Jedi? If you if you were a Jedi, yeah, one call to customer service for your computer, boom, you're the dark side, right? Goddamn customer service agent, right? <laughs> and then people say, well, what about cartoons? Yeah, what about cartoons? Pick one fucking cartoon that you would want to live in. One fucking cartoon. You know, I've actually thought about that. I've thought about that in great detail. The people who want to be in a My Little Pony cartoon, they are fucked. The My Little Pony cartoon is a post-apocalyptic pseudo-utopia. It's like a dystopia, right? Okay, so maybe people aren't swearing and maybe there isn't that much bullying. Okay, that's good. But you've got a history where... That section, like the newest My Little Pony cartoon with Twilight Sparkle and all that stuff, right? My mom's a total fangirl. That's like the only peaceful period in the My Little Pony universe. Before that, you had bloody wars. They actually described them, if you pay attention to the series. There was a horrible... It was a couple hundred years of bloody warfare between the different pony types... 
And the, when, when they talk about the coronation, the coronation needs to go off on, without a hitch. Yes, or uh, bad things will happen and the nation will fall apart. They're actually talking about having another fucking civil war. Okay? Hundreds of years, these ponies, these cute little ponies, prancing all around, were stabbing each other and snapping each other's necks and casting smells that were melting the flesh off their bodies. Shit. People died in My Little Pony. Ponies died in that, in that, in that bloody universe. It's a very bloody universe. The, those like six seasons, it was a miracle that Twilight Sparkle managed to keep everything together. They were literally on the verge of having horrendous warfare. And then they had these people appear like like the, the, the Celestia's uh, sister appeared. Like she actually threatened to send them back into that warfare. Chaos. Uh, he, he actually seemed like a pretty fun guy. I mean, he was basically Q. He's John Delancey, right? Jesus Christ, though, that entire fucking series based off of a horrific war that lasted for centuries. And they bring it up every once in a while. They're not talking about slapping each other. And they made it clear that people die and people are brutally have been brutally tortured in that universe. It is not a universe that you want to live in, <laughs> you know? It's not like a normal cartoon universe. It's not like Tom and Jerry. Like, shit, I would rather live in a Tom and Jerry universe than that one for a billion fucking reasons. Uh, and then Pokemon. Talk about fucking dark. Children randomly turn into Pokemon and become... But they, they become these creatures that have to fight for a living. They lose their memories and turn into the these. Oh God! I don't. And then you, you children, twelve-year-old children can control Pokemon Satan and Pokemon God, right? And destroy the entire fucking world with these monsters. Jesus Christ! It's a frightening fucking universe. That one's also bloody, too. Apparently, there was a horrific war that happened. Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh? <laughs> even, even, even in the toned-down version of Yu-Gi-Oh, as in Yu-Gi-Oh! the anime, where manga, people are literally sent to hell. In Yu-Gi-Oh! anime, it's just, oh, the Shadow Realm, which might as well be hell. Nobody comes back from Shadow Realm in the manga. Nobody. They're fucking dead. <laughs> um... Yu-Gi-Oh! is still a lot more peaceful than fucking My Little Pony. Dear God. Oh, God. What? I, I, I honestly... Honestly don't know what cartoon I would want to live in. Um... Yeah, I mean... Fuck me. I don't know. Maybe Looney Tunes world. Granted, it's zany and crazy and messed up, but nobody fucking dies. If you die, you come back. Contrary to Dalton Daffy Duck, what he said. There's no real way to just... I mean, anyway. I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know why I got started on this topic. I was talking about my personal views. 
But, uh, yeah, so I guess I'm just going to end here. I can't even remember where I was. So you guys have a great night. And yeah, think about that. Whatever I said about shooting Osama bin Laden being justified, yeah, forget all that shit. Think about the fucking My Little Pony world. Fucking Star Trek and the goddamn space zombies. Shit. Chris, I think it'd be cool to be a Romulan with your own little Romulan vessel cruising around, being old Romulan-like, like saying, boom, cloaking device, bitch. Right, chilling out. Likes it all cool. Shoot some people. I just get it. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, deep, all those people saying, I want to be a Jedi. Really? You want to be a Jedi? Guarantee you. <laughs> You'd go dark side quicker than uh, Anakin killing any of the li any of the younglings, right? <laughs> One call to uh, customer service in India. No, no, this is the, the first choke. Stop interrupting me. I know it's wrong. Fix it. <laughs> oh, God. I don't know. No, I, people in India who do customer service, they got a tough job. They really do because they, they have to understand English and do stuff. It's the corporations that are the real problems. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, that's it. I should just shut up now. Uh, love you all. Take care. Think about the horrific things I just told you regarding your favorite cartoons. Uh, hell, I don't know. Maybe Johnny Test. That might be fun. be fun living in that world. Anyway, <laughs> take care, everybody. Bye.